Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome into the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are in full swing with baseball preseason has just wrapped up in the nfl so we have a little bit of time there we got some college football and of course i said it last week i told you i would say it again next week next week is now here do not forget about your fantasy baseball teams continue digesting all of the content this is the time where you can separate yourself from the pack whether it's dynasty keeper maybe you're in that playoff push and that owner you're facing is more worried about who the starting running back in indy is going to be with all the jonathan taylor news stay abreast of everything happening in Major League Baseball, and we will help you with that as well. So over on X, at Colby R. Conway. With me, as always, Matt Sells, at the Salesman over on X. So, Matt, we got a lot to talk about today, but how is everything going for you? Uh, things are things are good. It's been a pretty entertaining week of baseball from the Little League World Series, which ended in a walk-off. Um, so that was – and the all-time uh, announcer jinx by Carl Ravitch. I don't know if anybody saw a clip of that, but he goes, Curacao hasn't given up, given up a home run all World Series. And as soon as he finishes the sentence, the Curacao pitcher lets it go and uh, Lewis Lappy deposits it well up onto the hill uh, behind Lomity. So all-time announcer jinx on that one. So I had fun watching, watching the 12-year-olds making web gems. Uh, and... Watching Ellie De La Cruz versus Corbin Carroll was fun this weekend. Did you catch any of that? I did see the headline of the, what was it, 99.7 mile per hour strike he uncorked to get him out. Yeah, Corbin Carroll was going for an inside the park home run. And um, Friedel hit the cutoff man, which in this case was Ellie De La Cruz. And De La Cruz threw an absolute missile that had Corbin Carroll out by like four steps at home plate like it wasn't even it wasn't even close it was amazing that's like national league titan versus national league titan like those are two of the biggest names and i think we can both agree probably first round picks in fantasy next season i would assume so also probably one two in nl rookie of the year that too yeah so these these two may have their careers intertwined for a while there's another guy that might sneak up in there and spencer steer who technically still had rookie status We'll take a look at another guy on Cincinnati, too. If you look at Matt McClain's numbers, what they would be over a full season, like he's going to be well, he's going to be drafted well higher than what I thought in next year. And Andrew Abbott was (laughs) a whole lot of young guns in that that game. And I'll extrapolate what you're saying, but the NL Central is in good hands with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati for years to come. I agree, Matt. I agree. No need to comment anymore (laughs) on what you just said. I couldn't agree more. 
NL Central is in in good hands. But by the way, one of my other NL Central picks that we talked about last week made a debut. Jordan Wicks did come up good. for the Cubs and looked really good. His, I think it was his changeup that mm-hmm. registered nine whiffs, I believe. Yeah, his changeup was ridiculous. That thing is an elite pitch. If I'm not mistaken, Jordan Wicks went to K State. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's an alum of my alma mater. Lefty with a good changeup typically yields good results. So he's a I'd say he's probably a must add in pretty much all fantasy formats now. If you're still playing, what he can do for your team is beneficial. So I would take a look at him as a waiver wire ad. Maybe he'll pop up next week, even though I doubt it. I assume at that point his ownership is probably going to be a little too high that we can include him. But you never know. I would agree. There's still ESPN fantasy leagues where guys who have been producing for months now are owned in like 4.2% of leagues. So there's also that. But Matt, a couple teams we got to talk about here. I got some alliteration here for you. But the magnificent Mariners, they have come on strong here. I believe they're nine and one in their last 10, 19 and five overall in the month of August. And simply put, they flipped the AL West kind of on its head. For the they longest did. time, it was. Texas, 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 and we know Houston was going to be in the mix. Seattle was the team that we were looking to stream against all the time because all they would do is strike one, straight, two, strike out. three, next up. You got Julio Rodriguez trying to do a whole year of fantasy production crammed into about a two-month stretch. I mean, the Mariners are that team. They have the pitching, headlined by Luis Castillo, and they got a couple young guns over there uh, like Logan Gilbert, a couple of other dudes there. So they have the pitching. Obviously, they're pretty good in the back end of the pen as well. They flipped the AL West on its head. And when you look now, Seattle 74 and 56, Texas and Houston both one game back from them. We're going to talk about Texas in a second. Do you think Seattle holds on in the AL West? It's going to be a hell of a fight down the end. I mean, we at the trade deadline, we talked about the AL West was going to be fun to watch because the Rangers and the Astros split the Mets aces right one of them got scherzer in the rangers and the astros went with verlander and you know you had Corey seager coming back for the rangers and um sure they had the josh jung issue but jonah heim was coming back and um it was going to be neck and neck those two teams were a half game apart at the trade deadline nothing's really changed there but good lord it was only so i think it was really only a matter of time for seattle right we We've been talking about this all year that like they have the pitching staff. They had the defense. They're a top five defense in baseball in terms of like outs above average and, you know, fielding percentage, whatever you want to make of that. They just weren't hitting and the hitting has clicked in a big way. Part of it's the, you know, the schedule. They've gotten a little bit of breaks with the schedule, but you got to play the teams that are on your schedule. You can't like, you know going to be a heck of a fight down the stretch they are the only division in baseball with three teams over 70 at 73 or more wins Mm -hmm. it's one of those things when you look to like at the standings like i'm looking at it over here and you have like some other divisions that have like a couple of teams that are pretty close like i mean it's not basically what i'm saying is it's not as exciting as the al west is going to be like the nl central milwaukee the cubs and cincinnati are all, all within five wins of one another yeah sorry however stop my cat from eating plastic have we are we really that interested in those teams for making a deep playoff run not as much as when you look at that ALS with Houston Texas and Seattle all within one game of each other those teams can make a run I, I would love yeah. to see Cincy make a run but I'm just I'm just saying that ALS is very very is going to be really fun to watch 
Yeah, I think any of those teams are capable of making it to the ALCS. Like, Houston has made it six straight years to the ALCS. We don't doubt that they can do it again. They have Berlander back, which they didn't at the start of the season. Now they have the same pitching rotation they did last year, which got them all the way there. The offense isn't quite as good this year for Houston, but they're still finding ways to Mm -hmm. produce in key moments. Texas is obliterating baseballs at a ridiculous rate. And now with Max Scherzer fronting that rotation, you have more depth and a guy who's pitched in huge games. And Seattle has had the pitching all year. Like, they are very deep between Luis Castillo and um, George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. And even without Robbie Ray in the picture, they're still very deep. They're four really good starters deep. So I think one of the ALCS teams is coming out of this AL West. And I'm not sure who you can mark as the other one bonafide. Like, could the Orioles shock people? I think so, but we'll get to them in a minute. Um, Tampa? I don't know. They still seem to be making things work, but they are falling off as their pitching falls off. Mm-hmm. I think the rest of the AL is kind of why. I don't, I don't know. Grande a few weeks ago made the prediction that the Twins made the ALCS. Uh, I think it's going to take a seriously hot run for them to to roll through the playoffs. Yeah, they have the pitching. They got the arms. If they want, it'd be, it'd be on the back of the arms, and then hopefully that their offense yeah, the strike out seventeen times. Yeah, or they just strike out twenty eight times in a game. Yeah, they've it's turned into possible, the Mar- but... maybe the Mariners and the Twins did like a Freaky Friday swap. Yeah, <laughs> it could. I mean, yeah, it's 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 very possible. And then in the AL West, like the, the Rangers are reeling right now. I mean, let's just be honest. They're one and nine yep. in their last 10. And believe it or not, if you go back to July 1st, they're only a 500 team since July 1. And then you look back in the month of June, they were only one game over 500 there. So since June 1, they're only one game over 500 as a team. But here's the thing with Texas. Any given night, they can go for 10 runs. Correct. The, the offense is just so loaded. They can do that. Scherzer helps – Scherzer helps give that front of the line arm. Montgomery adds a nice little bit of depth. The thing with Texas is, can they continue to hit? And for the love of God, can they figure out late inning games? Because Will Smith has stunk. So is the with Chapman. And Chapman hasn't been good. So where do you go in the back end of games? Like there are some questions about this team. But again, uh, there's only a handful of teams on any given night that can go for 10 plus runs. And Texas is one of those teams. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're scary when they're on right now. I will say about their record since June 1st, they lost Jonah Heim around that time. Mm-hmm. And then they lost Corey Seager for a second time. Yep. And then Josh Jung tried to field the baseball and broke his thumb through a mitt, which I've never seen happen <laughs> before. Yeah. So they've had some, some significant offensive injuries in that timeline. Um, boy, I – I think at the deadline they should have traded for Kansas City's pitching coach. Because Aroldis Chapman was awesome with the Royals. Goes to Texas and stinks up the joint. Cole Reagans stunk with the Rangers and now has been practically unhittable with the Royals. And hitting 100 miles an hour and 99 pitches into the game the other day. Mm-hmm. So maybe they should have traded for the, <laughs> for the Royals pitching coach because it ain't working so well in Texas. Yeah, we'll have to see if it turns around for them. And then, Matt, simply put, last team I kind of want to talk about here before we get into some notable injuries around the league, 
Are the Padres done? The fact that they have the same record as the Washington Nationals would tell me yes. But it's just the Nationals, said Alexander Bogarts. Yeah, did you hear – by the way, speaking of that, did you hear um, – who was it, Brendan Lau talking about the, the scuffles between them and the Yankees? And he, he said goes, it's a la- a just a last-place team. They have a different mindset listen, than we do. Listen, that is something that's been brewing that so many people around the league have wanted to say for a while. And yeah. now they got their chance. So, hey – if you don't like it, change things, a.k.a. hashtag I mean, fire cashman. But yeah, anyway. everybody, I mean, at this point, I think everybody should be, probably be gone. Their analytics, cash. Well, hey, don't worry. They're going to review things in the offseason and do a full investigation in-house and figure it out. Because this season's been a, quote, disaster. Yeah, it's been brewing for 20 years there, Cashman. I'm sure Cashman will be the one leading the investigation internally and then probably. nothing happens with his role. Yeah, exactly. Um, but going back to the Padres, I think they're done. I just don't – they can't put things together on any given night. Manny Machado, the best thing he's done all year is beat the Pachisas out of water coolers um, in the dugout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juan Soto, he's still really good. Like, people are discounting what he's doing. He's still really good. And in OP, OBP leagues, he's elite. Yep. But you cannot – look at the OPS since he left Washington and think that there's something wrong there. It's his career. His OPS has dropped like 150 points since he left the nationals. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if it's something's not gelling or, you know, I don't, I don't know what exactly, I think their GM is playing fantasy and trying to just get all of the big names, but they don't necessarily gel together. Mm-hmm. Right, they were good last year because they had a team that gelled and they had parts that were playing for stuff. And now you bring in, you re-sign Manny Machado to an eleven-year, to a longer, more expensive contract than the one he had when he held out. You bring in Xander Bogarts for a boatload of money. You, I mean, you extend you Darvish until he's forty-three years old. I don't really understand that one. Yeah. And they don't have a very deep farm system at this point. Now they do have a 17 year old who's like a top 10 prospect in baseball, but you know, I, I think they're done. I don't, I mean, they're three and seven in their last 10. It's really interesting when you look like they have a worse record than the Marlins, but the Padres have a positive 53 run differential and the team that's tied with them in record, the nationals are 93 under like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the Nats have been on some serious run in the second half, which is why yeah. I'm so glad that Davey got an extension mm-hmm. uh, and Rizzo got extended, dodged the White Sox uh, poaching him, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I, here's the weird thing about the Dodgers or the, the, the Padres. The Padres could finish exactly as many games back of the Dodgers this year as they did last year and be in a completely different spot in the standings. The Padres finished second to the Dodgers last year, 22 games back. Yep. The Padres right now are in fourth in the NL West, and they're 20 games behind the Dodgers. <laughs> I, I think they're done. I just I don't know if they can yeah. string it along. It's just They also have too many teams there. to jump at this point, and yep. they're, what, eight games? They're eight games out of the final wild card spot. Two of those teams are in their division, in the Diamondbacks who are currently in, and the, the Giants, Giants, who I think are a game and a half back. Correct. And they play the Reds, by the way, next. So the Giants and Reds aren't really going to make up any ground unless one of them sweeps and the D-backs get swept. So, yep. Potters are done. Yep. End of discussion there. But, Matt, let's talk about some of the notable injuries around the league and perhaps two 
very, very notable ones for fantasy. He'll start in Baltimore. Felix Bautista heads to the injured list with some severity of a issue with his UCL. Um, when you look at the Orioles, maybe they could have done a little bit more in the deadline. I know they did add Shintaro Fujinami to the bullpen, but ultimately it's not really for, worked though. Correct. Ultimately for fantasy, here's what you need to know. Bautista goes to the IL, Yenier Cano becomes the saves guy. That's just what's gonna happen. So yep. If you have Cano because he's been boosting your ratios, you're now at least going to add saves into the mix. What do you think happens with Bautista here? I mean, he's going to the IEL. We're, we're still waiting for severity on the UCL. If it's something that he can maybe return this season, Baltimore sitting with the best record in the American League by about a game or so over Tampa Bay, they're pretty much a shoe in for the playoffs as long as they don't royally screw this up down the stretch. But they need they need a guy like Bautista, but a team like Baltimore is, has been so focused on next year and the year beyond compared to this year, but they're finally in the thick of it here now. So obviously for fantasy, Cano gets the biggest bump to fantasy value. What do we make of the Bautista situation with the info we have at this juncture? Right now, we don't know the severity, so that's not ideal. Their GM did say some non-comforting things about <laughs> putting in one sentence UCL and Tommy John and basically when you hear UCL that's what brings it up not comforting man <laughs> like yeah. you don't want to put those two things in the same sentence um this quickly now obviously it is generally assumed that if something is wrong with your UCL you eventually go for Tommy John I don't know if they're going to try rest and see if he can't just leg it out for the last basically two months, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a month left in the season, essentially. Yeah. And then if we ex- if they go as far as we expect them to in the playoffs, you got basically a month after that. And then he gets Tommy John costing him next year. I don't know. But I would definitely – if you are in a league in which that, that doesn't count holds and so Cano has been available, I would snatch him up right now. Um, if you're in a holds league, there's no way that guy's available. Yeah, and I think it's something that we talked about back in the deadline, too, with a guy like Bautista is Baltimore should be looking for arms because when you look at some of their bullpen, they were working those guys pretty good. Like, I'm looking here at Bautista along in the minors, like in ni- 2019, 36 innings, 2021, between a couple of different levels. We're talking about 40-ish innings. Last year, all the way up to 65, so that's a pretty sizable jump. And then he was already at 61 here through 56 appearances this year. So he was on pace to smash last year's, at then point, career high in innings workload. So it would have been nice for Baltimore to add a legitimate weapon in the bullpen to kind of preserve Cano and Bautista. Not saying that, here, you know, they add somebody, Bautista doesn't get hurt. I'm not necessarily saying that doesn't happen. So here's an interesting, do they go and claim Syndergaard? And stick him in the bullpen. Because we saw with the Dodgers when when Syndergaard was out of the was coming out of the bullpen, he was actually pretty effective. Yeah, he has been gross as a starter this year. It it has not worked as a starter. Even Cleveland, who only has three starting pitchers, gave up on him. Uh, Do you claim him and stick him in the pen? just for an extra arm that's not going to cost you basically anything to go get him. I get where you're coming from. 
And then at, you bring DL Hall up and stick him in the pen. At worst, at worst, you claim him, he stinks, and you you DFA him again in like a week or two, or at least let him right. use to kind of help eat up some bulk innings, maybe to try to preserve the pen and not royally screw things up for you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's they theoretically it. have John Means coming back at some point. Yeah. It, theoretically. That's but yes, get what, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. But for fantasy purposes, Yenny or Cano. Yes. Stock up, add some and saves. And if Batista goes under Tommy John, Cano is the closer there, no question, next year. Probably a top, what, probably top seven, top eight closer drafted next year, especially if probably. they can get that strikeout rate back up again. Could be. On a team that there. is capable of winning a division, yeah. Yeah. I think that would be something to watch there in Toronto, staying in the AL East with Toronto. Bo Bichette left the game on Sunday with right quad tightness. It is that same leg where he had some knee tendonitis earlier in the season. Not saying it's related, but, you know, it's kind of like if it walks like a duck and sounds like a duck, you know what it probably is. It's probably a duck. It's probably a goose, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a geese. It's multiple geese. Yes. So. I mean, this just seems to be something where maybe was that knee bothered him a little bit, overcompensate a little bit. Maybe the quad area is just maybe he's more hamstring dominant, quads a little bit weaker, and that just led to a little tightness. You know, they're not saying it's a pulled muscle. They're not saying anything like that. It's just tightness for now. But then again, we've seen, you know, what forearm tightness typically means tear in the UCL, but these are a little bit different, different related here. So for me, for Bo Bichette here, maybe a couple days off, come back, should be yeah. okay. I, I don't, I, I don't want to say I'd be surprised if he goes for an IL stint, but right now I don't think Toronto can really afford to be like, yeah, you know, just take 10 off here. We'll get you back good to go. Like they're still kind of every game matters. Right. Also keep in mind that we're like four days from when rosters expand and they can call up another hitter. So if they can milk it yep. for, you know, maybe have them as a pinch hitter in emergencies late in games, yep. whatnot. Yep, they're two and a half back of the wild card right now, so they need yeah. all the wins they can get. We'll talk about another Toronto infielder a little bit later. And then interesting to get your thoughts here on Nathan Eovaldi. So he's on the IL for right forearm strain and working his way back. He had a little bit of a snag in his rehab with some tightness in his side. To me, this screams that he was compensating for the arm and yeah. using something a little bit else. So again, just tightness. The Bruce Bochy, the manager, said that there's nothing wrong with the arm, which – is positive good. i guess but side tightness what do you think here that i know they want to be cautious with him and that's ultimately what they're going to do maybe just delay his rehab by a couple of days here that doesn't seem anything major because it's not like Correct. oh shoulder issue coming off of this forearm strain it's his side it just it screams compensation yeah correct he, was he could have also stepped funny on a mound he's not used to, to pitching on right because every mound is is different Yep. Um, even in the major leagues, every mound is sloped differently. There's no actual rule as to how sloped a mound can or can't be. It just has to be a minimum, like a height. Yep. So if he stepped funny on a minor league mound or something and it tightened up, I'm not that concerned about it. Yep, I wouldn't be either. And over at FantasyAlarm.com, Justin Fensterman does the Fantasy Baseball Injury Report. So check that out over at FantasyAlarm.com. Matt, time for a little flavor of the week. I'm going to let you go first here. I think I've gone first the past couple of times, so it's only right that I let you go first here. So Matt, what is your flavor of the week? 
So mine is a little bit, we're going to get a little bit off the fantasy advice train here for a minute. And we're going to go with my flavor of the week is whole hog. Yeah, that's right. Talking about pigs, um, you know, smoking a whole pig or pork butt or whatever. Pretty fun. But this is in relation to trying new things. I've been talking to some friends of mine, some colleagues of mine, uh, and they have talked me into trying to get into the Premier League this year. That's right, soccer. We're talking about, or as the Brits like to call it, football, or everybody else in the world calls it football. Um, and I got to say, a couple of weeks into this, and I enjoy it. So you never know what you're going to like until you try it. You know, I tell my kids all the time, you don't know if you're going to like this food until you try it. If you don't like it, fine. But just try it. There's no harm in trying something and not liking it. The harm comes in pre-assuming you're not going to like it and then not trying it because then you're not really living life. So, you know, I'm getting into the premier league. Seems like a pretty good time, right? We got football starting college football, starting NASCAR still going baseball, still going uh, NFL. If I hadn't already mentioned is starting up premier league runs. Oh yeah. And I also still follow F1. So it's not like <laughs> I don't have enough to, to do, but we're trying new things. I'm enjoying it. Um, and we'll see how that goes the rest of the year. I am a very well-documented. No, I don't like it. Have you tried it? No. Well, how do you know? I just know. It's I'm like very, the Coke, it's like the, the Coke, well-documented, the Coke slogan. Try it first. Yep. Nope. I am a very big, I will just say, nope. And then probably lie to you that I've tried it. That's what I like to do. So I am a, I'm a noted, I'm a noted breaker of that. Of <laughs> yeah, that right we, we talked about that with your Celsius thing. No, I haven't tried that flavor. I only get what's in the Costco pack. That's right. I only get the tropical ones. I don't like the other ones. Have you tried them? Nope, I don't like them, though. I only like the tropical ones. So You, you should try it. You should try the lemon lime, though. No, nah, I don't like it. It's delicious. I don't like it. You need to try it first. Nah, I haven't tried it, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, my flavor of the week. So, Matt, let me talk to you here. In the grand scheme of things, how important is jelly? I mean, grand if, you're making, if you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it's pretty crucial. Okay. Uh, if you're having toast, I would say it's probably pretty high on the list. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so actually, that were... led right into my thing. So it's all about perspective, right? Yep. If I'm having steak and asparagus, jelly doesn't mean expletive to me. Correct. If I'm having peanut butter and jelly, jelly means everything because that's one of the, the key things there. So. Right. You talked about it here with all the stuff that you're kind of getting into and what's what's all on our plate right now. Back in March and April, fantasy baseball was king. Correct. As we get here to August, September, football starts taking over. If I haven't mentioned it, do not forget about your fantasy baseball teams. Correct. Just because it's not the PB&J doesn't mean jelly is irrelevant. We still have to take care of our teams. So perspective is everything. But just because fantasy baseball is not king right now, do not forget about your lineups. Last but not least, it is the early week edition of the podcast, Matt. So it's time for everyone's game show. Name that player. So we got two players here for you to wrap up this week's episode. First is a National League East right or relief pitcher, not right-handed pitcher. In fact, they are not a right-handed pitcher. They are a southpaw. So my team acquired another closer at the deadline, breaking the heart of one half 
of the Fantasy Learn Fantasy Baseball podcast hosting tandem here. That trade deadline acquisition has since been relieved of their duties as a closer, and I'm the most likely candidate for ninth inning work moving forward. I saved 20 games last year, secured one save over the weekend here, and I haven't allowed an earned run since July 31st. In fact, I haven't allowed more than one earned run in an appearance since June 20th, and since that outing, 1.42 ERA and 11.72 K per nine over 25 and a third innings pitched. Matt, what National League East left-handed relief pitcher are we talking about here that you should be adding to your fantasy baseball teams if he's available? Uh, that would be Tanner Scott of the Miami Marlins. Mm-hmm. Who need all of the help in the bullpen they can possibly get right now. And he's the guy. He is the ninth inning guy moving forward. David Robertson has stinked or stunk stinked stunk stank he's been so bad you've invented a new word yep he he has he he stinks for miami he has stinked there's a little bit of stank with him and he's stunk of late so that's what you need to know there in the miami bullpen and last but not least i said we come back to this team so let's talk about him here american least american league east infielder after becoming the first player in MLB history to rack up nine hits with two home runs through their first three games earlier this month, or the first three games of their career earlier this month, I cooled off a bit, hitting just 118 with a 52.4% strikeout rate over my next 21 plate appearances. However, I've rejoined the big league club and call it deja vu because in my two games since coming back up, five for eight, two home runs, two doubles, four runs scored, five RBI, and zero strikeouts. So, Matt, we were hoodwinked a bit. The first time with this with this kid's fantasy value. So let me ask, is it legit this time or is it just more fool's gold? So first of all, the player is Davis Schneider. Got it. Uh, let me put it this way. The only way it's real is if Toronto's paying for him to sleep in Buffalo every night. Because that appears to be <laughs> what gets the guy going. <laughs> he comes up from Buffalo the first time and goes bonkers. Historically bonkers. And then trails off. And then they send him back down because Bichette gets healthy and they don't need him. And then he comes back and he goes bonkers again. So if I'm Toronto, I'm paying for the guy to sleep in Buffalo every night. And I'm paying for a taxi or a flight or a you know an Uber or whatever, ferry, I don't care, to get the guy from Buffalo to Toronto <laughs> so that he's used to sleeping in the town that apparently helps him produce in toronto i i think he's fool i mean i think he's fool's gold speculative ad at best and the second he cools off drop him no harm Correct. no foul but matt that will do it for this week's edition so make sure y'all head over to fantasyalarm.com if you're not an all pro subscriber or just a subscriber at all check out our all pro you can try it free for seven days and then you can get it there at very good price there and with your free seven-day trial you can get access to the nfl fantasy football draft guide and the cheat sheet which is your must have resource for your upcoming fantasy football drafts as well as access to us in the discord to ask us all of your questions as we come down the stretch give me a follow on x at colby r conway at the salesman for matt sells and we will see you later this week with the newest edition of the fantasy alarm fantasy baseball podcast Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. 
easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.